The Paladins of Voltron is a part of the Soon to Be Named Network and the Transmissions Podcast Network. Check them out at soon to be named network.com and transmissionspodcast.com. And welcome to the Paladins of Voltron. Uh, it is the unofficial podcast about the Netflix original series Voltron Legendary Defender. Uh, I am back hosting, and I'm Jason, and joining me is my co-host, my friend, my compatriot. All kinds of good fun words there. Jeremy. Jeremy, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you great. doing? Are you, you have to be fantastic after the introduction. It's Oh, uh, yeah. I'm fabulous. <laughs> no, I'm doing well. Um, get to... Get a little further into the season here, see a little more of uh, Keith Ark, as we alluded to last episode. Um, if you're new to the show or if you haven't done it recently, uh, if you'd like to leave feedback, you can leave a comment on our website. And you can always email us. The email is feedback at Pavic. Oh, I almost did it. I almost did it. I almost spoiled Jeremy. Feedback at Pavicacio.com. You can go to feedback at povpodcast.com. And Twitter, we are POV underscore podcast. And on Facebook, we are POV podcast. Um, those of you who do Facebook, uh, you're crazy. But if you're on it, you can check us out there. I'll answer. <laughs> yes, Jeremy will answer. I'm available for Twitter, though. So I don't I don't neglect you guys totally. Trust me. All right. So this episode, we'll be focused on episode number two, which is entitled The Red Paladin. It was written by Mei Chan and directed by Chris Palmer. All right, the episode starts out, it's a peaceful day of rebuilding on planet, uh, what did we say it was yet last episode? Poig. Someone is sitting in front of a drawing of Voltron, the planet's savior from the previous episode. Suddenly, Prince Lotor's ship appears, and his team descends onto the city below, making quick work of their defenses. Their leader begs for mercy, but Lotor says mercy is not the way of the Galra Empire. Until now, that is. He offers to allow the planet to join the Galra Empire, in exchange for protection, playing upon the fact that Voltron seems to have disappeared, as only two of the lines helped save the planet in the previous episode. On the castle, Team Voltron tries to decide who now pilots which lines. Keith begrudgingly takes the black line after it will not accept the other paladins or Princess Alora. They begin to plan the search for a new paladin to pilot the red line when they receive a dress call from Puega. Puig, whatever. The black, yellow, green, and blue lines are dispatched after the red lion has refused Alora. However, the blue lion will not allow Lance to enter despite his attempts and flirts, or flirtations. The red lion calls out, and Laura tells Lance it realizes that Lance was able to swallow his pride and accept Keith as the new pilot of the black lion. Therefore, he can become the, the right hand of the, bla- of the leader, much as Alora's father was the Zarkon. The team soon discovers that the distress call was an ambush, and Lotor's cruiser releases an armada of fighters to take on the team. However, since three of the five paladins are new to their lines, they struggle to control their lines, and Keith struggles as leader. The paladins are unable to form Voltron, and Lotor has seen enough. He decides to retreat with the knowledge that the paladins are struggling to maintain control of their lines. However, there is little time for rest as Keith has placed a tracker on Lotor's ship and decides now is the time to go after him. Now, that was a little sh- kind of short for a recap, but a lot of this episode is is fighting, you know, space right. battle more or less. Um, 
So this is definitely, if you're one of those people who, and I know there's a couple of you, I know at least one person, if you watch our or listen to our show as like your your eye in the Voltron, this is definitely a good episode to actually watch on Netflix. Obviously, we recommend that for all episodes, but I know not everyone does that. So um, there's a lot of, you really see the struggle. Um, you know, even though Keith or even though Lance seems to be doing a really good job in the red line, he still can't control it too well. And he he's almost not crashes. Used to it. No, he almost crashes into a ship and then he's taken out by a ship and stuff. So, and you know, Keith is used to the red line. The black line doesn't respond like the red line. So he has issues. He's trying to lead. He doesn't know he's holding back because he's, he doesn't have the confidence of being Shiro and Pidge the whole time is giving probably the best advice of anyone, but Keith just isn't following it. And Alora gets her lion and immediately really can't control it in any way. So, it, and there's a lot of cat and mouse, a lot of chess. Lotor's trying to push the team to see what they're going to do. At this point, he's convinced these aren't even the same paladins. And to some extent, he is kind of right. So, and then he leaves. He's seen enough. Um, although I, you could probably make an argument that maybe he could have attempted to take Voltron, but. I I think he's playing it safe, and I'm perfectly fine with that. So I like that they're establishing him as a a good field commander, and right now he's just trying to learn about his enemy before yeah. he attacks. Right. This is you know I think this might be our little glimpse into why Lotor seems to be a real asset in the in the fight. So why wasn't Zarkon using him? I think Zarkon realizes just how smart he is and how much of a you know, apparently they don't get along very well, but who knows? Um, so overall, what what were your impressions of the episode? I liked it, especially. I mean, we all knew eventually they were going to get back to the original shows, pilots, and lion configuration. You've so been calling I, you've been calling that for a while. Well, yeah, I mean, because it, it's Voltron, <laughs> and. You can change a lot of stuff, but eventually people are going to want to see, you know, Allura in the Blue Lion. Sure. I mean, especially because in the 80s, it was it was one of those few shows that had a a woman in a um, like an active role where, I mean, I, I guess they played her as kind of needing rescued a number of times, but also she was able to hold her own right. many times, too. So. Um, they've, she's been a, a capable leader, you know, just in the castle up until now, but I, I like that she wants to follow in her father's footsteps and with the red lion being open because Keith moved, she was like, this is, he was, her, my father was in the red lion. Obviously I can do it. And the red lion doesn't accept her. Right. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I like that how they got um okay lance ultimately accepted the good of the team over his own glory and the red lion accepted him and then the blue lion accepted Alora. yeah so I, I just i like how that worked out but then also kind of shades of the original series when Alora first got into her her lion in that series she had never piloted anything and th- this one she's just saying this isn't responding the same as the castle responds, which yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah obviously. We but love you, also, Laura, but come on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, also, you know, Lance is used to how blue blue responds. It was established in the first season that red is 
kind of the more wild of the lions and it takes a, you know, it takes more, I guess, for the lion to accept you. So it, it seems, you know, Lance yeah. isn't, isn't used to the speed and the power of the red lion. Right. And then also Keith isn't used to the lack of speed in the black lion. Right. But yeah, also he, we don't have seen... the upgrades that the black lion got with Shiro either. Uh, uh, yeah, that's true. Although he does have, I mean, he has the, the, oh, crap. No. The Bayard. The Bayard. Thank you. So yeah. he could, but yeah, there was definitely, there was a connection between him and Shiro that Keith and him won't have yet. Um, right. Well, and none of the, the pilots in the new Lions have those connections yet. No, not yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> we so, might I mean, get there. Just, I mean, but just like the, the previous season, the Lions and and the um, the pilots need to form their own bond. Yes. Yeah, I like how they're not glancing, like, glance, or not glancing, but they're not, like, just going over that, like, yeah, yeah, you know, that'll just happen. Like, they are, and Alora seems to be having the most trouble with it, which is interesting because you'd think, you know, her father's connection to pretty much all the lions he built them. You'd think it would be easy for her, but no, the lions, you know, Red accepts Lance because of his ability to, and he still gives Keith tons of crap throughout the episode. You know, um, I like how they all like uh, Keith is like, be careful with Red. And Lance You're, is yeah. a little He's worried like, about your own lion. <laughs> and Lance is a little worried about Laura and blue and stuff like this connections. Um, uh, towards the end, Lance is even saying goodbye to Blue, mm-hmm. and Alora's there. But the I, I do o- like that he was. Um, he he told Alora, you know, if it could go to anyone, I'm glad it's you. And we're not going to have that struggle of him wanting to get back into Blue. Yeah, they all kind of accept their new places without, you know, any drama that's unnecessary. Well, I, I, Keith isn't quite there yet, but I mean. I think we're hitting it. We get there, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, that's nice. I'm glad we're not. That would be in. That's the one. Again, the writers of the show, they don't add too many elements. Mm -hmm. Um, We all knew who was going to end up and they could have thrown a curveball and Laura could end up in red or something like that. I wouldn't have cared because I barely remembered who was in what lion before anyways. I had completely forgotten Sven was even a thing until I started talking to you before we did this podcast. Yeah. Remember that name, by the way. Sven, <laughs> remember that. <laughs> so, but I, I, I wasn't sure if we were only going to see it for like an episode, and clearly, without spoiling anything, we're going to see it for more than one episode because this episode yeah. they end and you know Shiro's not back or anything. So, um, and I, I, how they got there was perfect with Blue not letting Lance in, and right. you know, uh, they're Red using calling... conventions that were already established in the show, right. And here's like people are probably like, well, yeah, no. Have you seen cartoons nowadays? They don't worry yeah. about this kind of stuff. This is, right. you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it earlier because I'm waiting until I want to rewatch all of Breaking Bad because it's probably my all time favorite show of all time. I'm waiting until after Better Call Saul and then I'm going to go in and do a complete rewatch of uh, Breaking Bad. Despite the fact I've seen season one three times, season two three times, and I'm sure I'll end up with season three three times. When it's all said and done with Voltron, I'm going back and watching the whole thing all over again from start to finish. Yeah. Now, I might wait a couple years until my son's a little more... Because he likes the intro. He likes calling out Red Lion, Green Lion. But, yeah. you know, 
there's enough action that he mm-hmm. likes to look at it, but he doesn't really concentrate on it. And right. you know, people like Brian Brush would have said that he's taken his whole, he's taken all three daughters through the journey yeah. of watching this. But they're older. All, yeah, exactly. So once he's a little older, I'd love to be able to revisit with him. Yeah, it. I, I've I've shown my son the the tran- like the the combination sequence and stuff, and right, and he sees you know my toys, and I, I do like that the toys are durable enough and big enough, so you know a three-year-old yeah. can play with it without destroying it yeah um, um but he you know he like you know makes the sounds and stuff and he likes that right yeah we should figure out a time to talk about the uh the toys themselves um not a whole lot but i i, I yeah we'll get into that at some point so the beginning of the episode i enjoy how we see that you know zarkon or sorry lotor's lieutenants as we agreed to call them last episode oh boy um they take over an entire city in like five minutes yeah and it's not even close. Like they just dominate uh, everything from strength to strategy to stealth. Obviously, if you can camouflage yourself completely, then stealth not a problem. Yeah, they're an elite force. Uh huh. I know, and I keep thinking elite four, but that's a kill a kill thing, and I don't want to get those two things mixed up because <laughs> that's a completely different show. <laughs> um, and yeah, Lotor kind of throwing that curveball at the beginning of. The Galras do not have mercy until now. It's like, no, no, it's not going to. And I think the leader of the planet doesn't necessarily fall for it because they, they basically have to brainwash him to summon Voltron. Right. Um, you know, it's not like they've convinced them to come over completely to their side. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. We'll get Voltron here. Screw them. <laughs> so uh, and that's well done. You know, Keith reveals that Shira was the one who wanted him to take over. And at first, Lance kind of fights it, fights it like, well, of course you don't mention it until Shiro's gone. Right. I'm, but for the most part, people realize that it's something that Shiro would have done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> Shiro, would, Shiro had an entire land or line of, of uh, command, I'm sure, if it came down to it. But <clears throat> so, and yeah, the battle, it it's a really good mix. But the first time I watched the season, I was, I was, I don't know. Okay, so Keith's in over his head. Even though he's capable, he doesn't know it yet. And they do a good job. Uh, next episode, we'll talk about, I think they do a really fine line of how he, he develops, but we'll save it for then. Um, but yeah, you basically have Hunk and Pidge the whole time just shining like, we need to go and regroup or leave. Right. We can't do this. <laughs> and if it wasn't for the fact that Lotor actually does decide to back off, it would have been trouble for him. Right. And then... Um... All all the time, like every time Keith wants to just go on and do something, Lance is like, "Great leadership there." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's clear they they all want competent leadership, and Keith is just shirking the role completely. <sighs> I mean, shirking, sure. I, it's understandable, though. I mean, I don't know if he thinks it's a dishonor to Shiro, yeah. even though it was Shiro's idea. <clears throat> he but... he still wants Shiro to be the leader. And Black Lion has accepted him. He needs to, you know, realize that the mantle, the mantle of leadership has been passed to him. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot to this episode, but there's not a lot to describe about this episode, because if I got into the nuance, every nuance of that battle, I'd still be telling you what ha- I, I, yeah, I basically just <laughs> put the video of the episode up for you. Mm-hmm which would probably get us taken off YouTube. I don't know if that's the case or not. So probably. Yeah, probably. So it's 
I, I, <laughs> you got what you got. <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay. Anything else you'd like to say about the episode? Um, I had something, but I forgot. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. Don't feel bad. Um, let's see. We covered the lieutenants. We covered um, the uh, change in the guard. Oh, there were some great moments in the line itself. Like, Hunk sat in the black line for all of, like, three seconds. Oh, yeah. And then Karam made him go back in and actually try. But Hunk is like, I, I, I'm happy in yellow. Yep. Yellow is safe because it's got so much armor. Right. Yeah, and Karam's like, you wanted the form to head. He's like, I wanted the form to head in yellow. <laughs> which is a nice nod to Voltron Force, which each lion could form the head. Okay, see, I did no idea. I had no idea about that. Which, like they, they never had any toys for that show, but right. It one of the things that happened was each each lion could form the central part of Voltron, and it brought out different powers. So it was, it was it was Voltron Scramble City, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, and it was actually had different powers that way. Yeah. See, that's interesting, but I'm glad we're sticking to Black Lion in the middle because yeah, that, for yeah. Sure. I think in this show, that's not the focus. Like, sure, when they form Voltron, they're probably going to accomplish their, ca- their task, but that's not what they're trying to accomplish. Um, yeah, and we get Hunk, like, when he goes back in, he yells out commands. He's like, nah, just just not feeling it. Uh, Lance tries to flirt with it. No, or does he flirt with the black line, or does he just do that with the blue? He just does I that. I think he, he flirts with everything. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> Pitch can't even fit in the seat. Right. So she uses she uses her helmet and then she can't reach the controls. <laughs> and Alora, okay, actually an interesting moment with Alora. She's fine, you know. She, she understands the black line might not uh, accept her, but she's pretty sure it's going to accept another paladin. She would know that. When she tries red line though, and she can't do it, she just loses it because she's thinking of all the sacrifices, the fact that all of her her entire race is gone except for her and Quran, basically. Mm-hmm. And it just overwhelms her at that point. And she's fine when she gets up. But there's a lot. You know, you're the princess of an entire civilization that's dead. Right. And at that point, there was no hope of her being able to contribute more. And she has. Of course, we later find out that Blue's all, all about it. But so, yeah, it's just good stuff. Heady stuff. And a lot of good character stuff. In yes. Show. Which mostly. Yeah, I think character stuff mostly culminates in the next episode. Episode four, and I know this because I just did the write up recently. Is not, th- that is, um, that is um, previous incarnation of Voltron Shoutout Central. <laughs> you get so <laughs> many little things from that episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, and unlike a recent movie out in theaters in the last year, I actually thought they did a really good job with it. That's right. I can burn Rogue One on this podcast too. <laughs> All right, Rogue One was a fine movie. Well, this is the last episode of Paladin of Voltron. Everyone, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Anyways, uh, anything else? Did you uh, remember what you did? You cover what you wanted to say then? Yeah, I think I got everything. Okay, great. All right. So join us uh, next week for, or yeah, next week for the next episode in the opening three episode arc of Everyone Figures Out How to Work Their Lions. Um, and of course, as we said before, you can always reach us feedback at povpodcast.com come on the website um we are also part of two networks we are part of the transmissions um what podcast network right transmissions podcast yeah. network okay uh where you have of course transmissions and yoshi cast uh yakko yaks i believe is on there if someone ever decides to put out that show again 
Yeah, who knows? It, it might be back. It might not. Never you know. You keep hinting at it. You keep hinting at it. So we have alt mode. We have declassified, yeah. which right now is a Patreon only show. But who knows? By the time you listen to this, it might not be. Yeah. You just have I, to get to the right number. That's right. Um, yeah. Hopefully soon when you listen to this too, if, if things work out. So good luck with that. And of course, on soon to be named network.com. You can check out all the shows there. Of course, we'll always mention the Mothership Longbox Heroes because uh, they're they're the constant every week. They put out a show, and it's good stuff. They put out two shows every week. They're ridiculous. Meanwhile, it takes us six months just to record <laughs> a couple episodes. But the I Transmission puts out two shows a week, but you know, we that's record true. them together. So that's the that's secret. Right. <laughs> How often are Declassifieds going to come out? Monthly? monthly. Okay. So monthly, you guys are putting out plenty of content. We- yeah, we we had, um, we we knew our expectations of ourselves, what we can do, <laughs> right? And judging by when this episode should be coming out, should be right before TFCon. So if any of you, I'm sure there's a little bit of Transformers crossover there. If you're TFCon, come and find me. I'll be there. You can also find Yoshi from Transmissions and all kinds of people from the um, Transformers podcasting oeuvre, if you will. So there will be tons of podcasters there. Oh, not God, yes. not me though. No, no. Apparently, Sadly. no one wanted to come to the show I'm going to. That's okay. I'll just hang out with my friends from RFC. Toronto was the show to go to. I know. And I'm not that far from Toronto, but it's 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 too long for a day trip. Yeah. And too much. Uh, yeah. Too expensive for an overnight. So. So, yeah. TFCon DC. Here I come. So, all right, everyone. That should just about do it. So, we look forward to hearing from you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.